Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and because it is Saturday, I am here with my husband, Chris. Yes, she is. I heard you talking to somebody yesterday and you were like, yeah, I'm on the shows because Elizabeth is really serious and, you know, we just need to be a little less serious. (laughs) Am I really that serious? Uh, uh, Yes. (laughs) We had a bunch of people over yesterday because Chris's parents are back. I know last time we talked to you guys, we were saying we were hoping that they would make it back from Germany and they did and they are here in our home. And um, we had a bunch of people over to come say hi to Chris's dad the other day. And many of them are, uh, most of them are people I hadn't met because um, they're your dad's friends. And um, they were like, what do you do? And I always say, I'm a podcaster. People act like it should be more complicated than that. But I like to keep it really simple. I'm a podcaster. Yeah, she is. Yeah. As you all know, because you're listening. That is true. So we are going to give away... A little something special today. Yeah. I think we've done this one time before, but not more than that because it's expensive. It is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a car. <laughs> a car? Somebody said something. Somebody messaged me. I don't even remember. You must have said something about like a, like a tiger or something on a previous episode because people messaged me and I can't remember what ridiculous things you said. Giraffe. No, like, I don't even know. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. Somebody messaged me and was like, I like Chris' advice of going and waking up next to a tiger. I was like, I don't remember. Oh, that was. I don't remember, that, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no, that was, I think that was the makeup. Like, how do you get over things? Makeup tips. Makeup tips. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were making up tips and apparently one of them included a tiger. Anyway, so today we are going to give away a bottle of hemp oil. Yes. CBD hemp oil. hemp oil. Yes. So I've done an episode on CBD before. If you think, oh my gosh, isn't that weed? Nope, it's not. And to clear it up, I did an episode all about it. The endocannabinoid system is actually part of our body. And so when we take CBD or hemp oil quality products, it's actually working with a natural system in our body, very much like the immune system um, or the endocrine system. So um, you're smelling your hands. My hands smell like lobster. <laughs> Literally, it's so awkward. I'm just sitting here. I live across the table. He puts his, he cups his hands up to his nose. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I just, I just cooked and opened a bunch of lobsters. <laughs> anyway, we'll announce the winner at the end of today's show for that $100. And that's not even retail. I think retail is more than 100 bucks, but our cost is 100 bucks. So I'm going to give that away. You can be eligible to win. If you leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcast, if you leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or if you post on Facebook or Instagram, make sure to tag me. You can share an episode that you've listened to or a lesson that you've learned. And every single Saturday, we give something away. And we'll announce today's winner of the hemp oil at the end of the show. Oh, at the end. 
at the end. All right. Well, then let's just get going towards that end. Uh, Question number one. Yes. Beyond weight loss, I have a lot of fears. I fear the dentist, for example. Um, I would like to do the thought work to live beyond my fears. She's afraid of the dentist. If you remove all of your teeth, you never have to go back. (laughs) I don't even know if that's true. Because the dentist is really about oral health, but that's that's another. I don't, I don't think I don't. A not good advice. B I don't think it's true. And that's why she's the boss, and <laughs> I just sit here. So, I did something recently. Um, I don't know if it was one of the daily mindset upgrades, or maybe if it was a podcast, or both. I'm not sure. Uh, but I talked about this idea that fear is faith in the wrong what if and how what if works both ways. And I I, um, I shared that. I know I did as a daily mindset upgrade. I think I might have on the podcast, but it comes from a Stephen Furtick sermon. And he talks about how what if works both ways. When we, like, let's say you go to the dentist and you're afraid that it's going to hurt or you're afraid that, you know, something bad is going to happen and they're going to have to do more work or you're afraid that it's going to cost a lot of money or you're afraid that it's going to be uncomfortable you are only looking at that one side of the what if equation. What if it hurts? What if it costs more? What if they have to do extra stuff? What if they find a problem that's going to need, you know, whatever. But there's a whole other side of it that we have to explore. What if it doesn't hurt? What if everything is great? What if, you know, you, you meet somebody there, you have a conversation there that opens a door to another opportunity? I mean, what if works both ways and fear is faith in the wrong what if? So, for example, um, Chris and I were talking about this the other day because I, I started to see an acupuncturist. And mm. I am not a fan of needles, neither is Chris. I, since I was like too small to know what a needle was or what a needle did, I was not comfortable with needles. And so he was pretty surprised that I was seeing an acupuncturist, part of just my my healing journey and whatnot. But I I do. I despise needles. Um, never have been comfortable with them. And I typically go into a situation like that. What if it hurts? And then things like, uh, what if they forget that there's a needle in my foot and I hop off the table and it goes through my foot? Or what if the needle goes too deep? You, you know, all those crazy thoughts. And the reality is that I'm exploring only one side of the what if. What if it doesn't hurt? What if it's so effective that it accelerates my healing? What if it actually, I end up leaving feeling better? What if this helps me overcome my fear of needles? There's all sorts of other sides to that what if equation. And fear is faith in the wrong what if. But I also like to think of fear as like a doorway. And we can either stand on on our side of the door and not go through that doorway of fear, or we can decide to live on the other side. And I think there's a lot of merit to, to pursuing the things that fear you so that you give yourself more experiences, so that you have a practice of transforming your mindset. I mean, anything we fear is truly an opportunity, a practice ground for shifting our perspective so that we no longer fear that thing. And Whatever it is, I have I have random evenings where I'll I'll fear something happening in the house. Like we live um, near an intersection, and I've had moments laying car in coming bed. through the wall. Yeah, like what would we do if you know there was like a drunk driver in the car? You know, came through came through our front wall, which is our bedroom. Well, that was your parents' bedroom, but that's a whole other story. I guess, I guess it can happen. We're okay now, now. Um, <laughs> but I realized that. Of all the stories I could tell, I'm telling like the most screwed up scary story because 
I can also tell stories that because of where we live, we're we're extra safe because you know we're we're more visible and we're not like off the beaten path somewhere that's not. There's there's so many different perspectives, and when you experience fear which is different from danger, right? I think it's important to differentiate that that danger is an absolutely healthy response that protects our, our survival, that is innate in us to help us avoid things that could do harm. Danger and fear are not the same thing. Fear is a result of what we are telling ourselves in our minds. And as somebody posted in one of my groups just this morning that like, if you think of your thoughts as as music tracks, you are the DJ, right? Like you decide what record you're spinning and why would you spin this awful record? I've, I've said to my clients before, would you ever put your kids to bed telling them a story of like, you screwed up again today, this always happens, you start out so strong, but then the wheels fall off the bus? No, I mean, no no self-respecting parent would have those conversations with a kid, and yet we have them with ourselves all the time. So to me, this is 99.9% mindset and 0.1% exposure and experience combined with mindset that can shift the way we think. So that's that. Thank you. Question number two. Yes. How to curb COVID anxiety. Hmm. These, These seem to have a theme. It's funny because I see all of it, it's fear, right? COVID anxiety yeah. is rooted in fear. And the right. last the last question was, was rooted in fear. Um, how to curb COVID anxiety. So I haven't talked too much about COVID here on the show um, for a couple of reasons. One, plenty of people are. Two, I'm not an expert. I, I really don't watch the news. I'm not up on the research. I, I'm just living my life, you know? I am just living my life. But I will say, we can't, ex- we can't escape, you know, the talk about COVID, whether it's in social circles or on social media or, or all the places that I do see it. And what is staggering to me, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you, you watch more of the news or read more of the news than I do, but it doesn't seem to me like any of these news outlets or, or really anybody putting out information on COVID is talking about things we can do to improve our immune systems. Yeah, no, I've noticed that it is very much the doom and gloom that the media does on, with everything. Yeah, it's not it's not exclusive to COVID, but that's how they get ratings. That's right. how they get people to watch is with the, the worst case scenario, sort of hype, fear, extremes. Imminent threat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, if it was like, you know, it's really like you're going to be all right. And, you, you know, you've got to do these things to keep you healthy. It wouldn't be as interesting to, to the viewers and we wouldn't get as much viewership. But when I think about something like a virus, the first thing I think about is the brilliant machine that is my body that is the very thing that can protect me from or not protect me from said virus. And there is no doubt that individuals with more robust immune systems are more protected against the threat of COVID or, and coronavirus. Or, the flu or, or really any, any, yeah, other, any virus other virus. Or bacteria for that matter. And I love knowing that there is so freaking much we can do to get healthier. Yeah. And I won't even go off on how strange it is that the things that are the very things that keep us healthy are are less less allowed during quarantine and the things that impair our health are seemingly okay and open, but it's a whole other story. COVID anxiety. Focus on what you can do 
to protect yourself. And look, if for you that includes social distancing and masks, then that should be something that quells your anxiety because you can do that. That is within your control. You are absolutely in control of many of the situations where you would be at risk. Now, obviously there are exceptions and if you have to go to work and you're in close proximity with people and things like that, but also masks, right? Like if you have anxiety and you believe that that works, then like you can take that path. Yeah, and you wearing one should definitely alleviate that because that's, that's where you are. Right. And, 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 uh, and I totally get it. There are a lot of people who, who don't feel that that works and whatnot, but the people who tend to be anxious about this also believe that masks help protect them and help protect others. So like go that route. But honestly, from, from the very moment that I realized this was a thing, which was long after it was a thing because I was focused on our daughter and whatnot. But but in the in the weeks after Dagny died, when things were shut down and and we were still seeing like my mom and my sister, um, while really nobody else because of quarantine and their comfort level and whatnot, we were all really focused on keeping ourselves healthy. We were all really focused on getting enough sleep. We were all really focused on eating well. We were all really focused on supplementation. Those things go a long way. Cut sugar out of your diet. Sugar impairs the immune system. It absolutely does. The same is true of processed foods. Eat whole foods. Eat a wide variety of whole foods. Lots of different colors, lots of different types. Make sure you're exercising. Make sure you're getting plenty of sleep. Do what you can to minimize stress. All of those things boost your immune system. But at the end of the day, here's the deal. The rest of it is largely outside of your control, right? There's so much that is within your control. And you give your energy to those things, whether that's social distancing or masks or nutrition or movement or sleep or any of those things. But for the rest of it, it's out of our control, just like getting T-boned at a stoplight is largely out of our control. We can only do what we can do, but if we start to perseverate and tell the worst version of the story like I do when I'm like, oh my gosh, what if somebody drives through our bedroom wall, right? If Oh my gosh, what if I catch COVID and I die? Well, you don't have to tell yourself that version of the story. You can use your energy for all of the things that you do and you can control, but the rest of it, if we get ourselves worked up about all the things that could be catastrophic, we will be paralyzed for life. So personally, one woman's opinion I'm living my life fully, but I'm also doing everything responsible that I can to take care of my health. And the rest of it is out of my control, just like, you know, getting struck by lightning is out of my control. Or, or, the, or the meteor that's supposed to come near Earth on, Jan- on uh, new- November 3rd. There you go. Can't control it. Nope. So I'm not going to be anxious about day, it. Day before Election Day. Yeah. How appropriate. <laughs> I'm voting meteor. <laughs> oh, God. We got another question. Question number three. How does one stop... Imposter syndrome. This to me is fear-based too, because l- l- let me back up and talk about what imposter syndrome is. Um, it's kind of like the the notion that you don't know enough, you're not smart enough, you're not experienced enough to do whatever it is that you're doing, and so you feel like a fake or you feel like a phony or whatever, um, which is really fear of not being good enough, fear of not being smart enough. It's it's rooted in comparison and comparison is rooted in fear and insecurity. And this is my take on it. I could create a list of, I don't know, 
10,000, 20,000 businesses that are ahead of me, I mean, probably more than that, right, that uh, work less and make more and have a bigger impact and have a bigger following and this, that, and the other thing. And if I, if I focus on that, I'm going to feel like, you know, I'm well, a loser. What's the point? Why yeah, am I doing why, this? Exactly. Because, yeah. But at the same time, I could create another list of 100,000 businesses that aren't as successful as mine, mm -hmm. that don't serve as many people, that don't have as much revenue or whatever. But either way, it's kind of pointless because it doesn't have anything to do with what I uniquely can do today, right? What I uniquely can do today. The other thing about imposter syndrome is that it's kind of rooted in this notion that having room to improve is a bad thing. That having room to improve, that you could know more, that you could have more experience is somehow, you know, putting you at a deficit. And I the reason that I don't struggle with imposter syndrome is because I'm not trying to hide or avoid my weaknesses. I own them. I talk about them. I'm not ashamed of them. They're either opportunities or they're just facts, right? They're things that I could improve if I wanted to, but they're also just reflective of where I am. You will suffer from imposter syndrome if you are ashamed of your vulnerabilities, if you think that they are somehow a liability. I don't see them as a liability. I just see them as a fact. There are people who are better public speakers than I am, but does that mean that I don't have the the chops or I don't have any business doing a podcast? No, because we get to do what we want to do. Similarly, there are people who have been working, you know, with clients on creating change for 10 times longer than I have. That's okay. That, that doesn't have anything to do with me. So it kind of depends on where you're looking. For as long as you compare yourself to somebody else, you're going to find a way that you don't measure up. But you don't have to approach things that way. My grandfather used to say, there's always going to be somebody who's better off than you. And there's always going to be somebody that's worse off than you. So what did we learn from this? Absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? Like Be average. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's just circular. Yeah. No matter how much better you get, okay, so you have imposter syndrome because you're just starting out. Well, okay, now you're 10 years into it, but oh my gosh, there's somebody over here who's been doing it for 40 years. So you're still in the same position. It is circular. If you just do what you can do, then we break free from that. I know it's super cliche, but they say comparison is the thief of joy. And it's really, I find it to be really true. Comparison is also 100% optional. We all have weaknesses. I do not feel that we should hide them, right? Own it, improve it or hire it out or both or neither, but it's not anything to be like bothered by. I think about, you know, Chris with you in real estate, there are people who just started real estate a week ago and and your results are are giant compared to somebody who hasn't gotten started. But there's also people who have been doing Million real estate. Dollar listing. Love watching that show because I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where I mean, do those you, get those listings? You could compare yourself to somebody who's, you know, average list price is, you know, $6 million right. on the on the waterfront or somebody who's been doing it for 20 years and feel really crappy about yourself. But that's always going to be the case. What your energy is best doing is how can I show up in my business today that's best for me? It's not relative. It's not relative. I just say this to people on my network marketing team all the time. You are where you are, which has nothing to do with where I am, right? And it has nothing to do with where the next person is. 
it just, this comes down to where is your focus, right? You only struggle with imposter syndrome if you are in a realm of comparison. And I would say that every moment of comparison is an opportunity to shift yourself out of comparison and focus on you. Look for where you have room for, to improve and be excited by it instead of being ashamed of it. That's what I have to say about imposter syndrome. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I agree. Well, I'm glad you agree. Uh, me too. This could have been a very tense conversation. Well, if you were like, no. Actually, uh, that happened you know to what? me on a podcast <laughs> the other day. This guy, I, he was interviewing me for his show. And he was like, I've heard a lot of people say that, blah, blah. I don't even remember what it was. And he said, do you agree with that? And I was like, no. Personally, I don't at all. And and then it, it by his body language, it was Whoa. instantly clear that it was something that like, he talks a lot about on his show. Well, how could you? <laughs> and he goes, I, 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 uh, I respect that you feel that way, is how he said it. And I was like, look, here's the thing, though. It's not bad that you see it this way and I see it that way. It just is, right? You have your perspective and you have your reasons for it. And I have my perspective and my reasons for it. We're not competing for, like, who's right here. It's our perspective. So, anyway. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next question. Just why can't I be consistent? Seriously, I'm plenty old. I know all the whys on why I should lose weight, but nothing sticks. Why? And you're asking the wrong question. And people have probably heard me say this a long time. What this person is asking is, why can't I be consistent? And what we sometimes don't realize about our brains is that when we throw out a rhetorical question like that, our brain looks to prove it to us. Our brain is trying to solve the puzzle. Our brain never turns off. It's always working. So... If you say, why can't I be consistent? Then your brain is going to give you all the reasons, right? Because you make excuses all the time. Because you sleep too late. Because you, you know, can't say no to sugar. And that reinforces the very thing you're trying to overcome. This is what I mean every time I say you're asking the wrong question. You're solving for the wrong thing. Instead, a more powerful question is, what does it look like today to be consistent? What does it look like today to be consistent? I actually did a free training on this um, three weeks ago or so, and I talked about exactly what it takes to be consistent and the reasons people aren't and what you can do about it. So if you haven't checked that out yet, you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform, and you will see it. It is um, the first of a total of four webinars and the replay is right there for you. It's a really important place to start. But a lot of times it's because people generally think of like consistency as this aspiration. But then when I ask them to break it down and define it, they can't. Well, I want to eat better. Well, that's totally not specific at all. What exactly does that mean? Well, I want to work out more. Again, totally not specific. I have no idea what that means. Um, but I go through in a ton of detail a process for becoming more consistent. For as long as you're like, oh my gosh, no matter what, I've tried everything, nothing works, what's wrong with me? You are focused purely on the problem. You are focused zero bits on the solution or change. So I want you to shift your questions from like, why can't I be consistent to if I were as consistent as I want to be, what does that look like specifically? And of those things, which of them can I do today? But again, I break this down in about 30 minutes of, of deep detail. It's really a workshop style thing that you can go and check out if consistency is a thing for you. Just go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform and it'll be there. Do, do it. Do it? Do it. Okay. Have you? Uh, I have been there, yes. 
and I usually go there to take the web address and copy it to people on Facebook. Cool. Helping you out. Thank you. Rapid fire questions. Just a couple cookies. Who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> Where's Rumi? What are we doing for the rest of the day? Are those not the rapid fire questions? Those are not, but I'll answer them. I don't know what we're doing for the rest of the day. First question of the rapid fire questions. <laughs> do you do a famous diet plan like Weight Watchers? Are you calling me famous? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. No. Um, no. Okay. So, no. I, I don't. I have done Weight Watchers before. I started when I was like seven years old. It was a horrific experience. I won't, since uh, rapid fire. Whew, okay. I, don't, I could go off on a tangent on this. You know what? I might Quick know. answer. No. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Quick answer. No next. Um, I don't like the notion of following somebody else's rules when it comes to food because there is just there is no one size fits all whatever. And the thing that I don't like about points and all of that is that, you know, when I did it, I ate my points in sugar-free jello and microwave popcorn, fat-free microwave popcorn. And I got no nutritive value and I was eating all day long and I was hungry all day long. Um, but the notion that like our body needs the same amount of fuel every day, I think is totally garbage. Some days we sleep more, some days we sleep less, some days we're more active, some days we're less active, some days we're more hungry, some days we're less hungry. Some some days we're more hormonal. All of these different shifts and fluctuations mean that we've got to treat our bodies differently. And fundamentally, I what I do with my clients is I help them create the the strategy and the rules and the and the tools and the guidelines that really work for them. Um, also, I will never be on a diet ever in my life, and um, my goal right now is not fat loss. So, nope, I don't do Weight Watchers. I do look. I I try to eat far more whole foods than processed foods always because that's what makes me feel better. Um, I try to minimize sugar and processed foods and starch and eat a lot of um, vegetables and plant-based fats and proteins. I am not on a diet. I am not on a famous diet. I don't diet. That was a very long rapid fire answer. It's all relative. Fair enough. Fair enough. Final question. When is the best time to eat carbs? PM? Do I have to go 100% keto? I don't know. The, the answer to no, you don't have to do 100% anything. <laughs> I know, you, right? you do what you want. <laughs> okay. So first of all, the issue that I, that it, it's not even an issue. The reason that my only answer here can be, I don't know, is I don't know what your goal is. Right. You know, there's uh, I've talked before about Jesse Itzler, how I love Jesse Itzler. He's super smart. He's super inspiring. And he does this thing. I get tons of questions about it since I started mentioning him. He only eats fruit until noon. That's it. Nothing else. Just fruit until noon. And people are like, oh, but Elizabeth, your golden rules of carbs and fat loss. And I mean, isn't fruit the most lipogenic carbohydrate in the world? And that's that. And all of those things are true. However, Jesse Itzler is lean. Jesse Itzler is a man. And Jesse Itzler exercises for about three to six hours a day. So he's turning and churning and burning all of those, those sugars. I'm tired hearing about that. Yeah. Like (laughs) he routinely will either run or bike for several hours and then swim for a couple of hours every single day, as well as doing saunas and ice baths and all of these other things that are very metabolically demanding. So it's kind of not a fair comparison unless you are a male, B, exercising for three to six hours a day, right? It's 
it's relative. Um, so, you know, what's the best time to eat carbs? It depends on your goal. It depends on your metabolism. It depends on your activity level. It depends on your body composition, right? It depends. Um, and then she says PM, like evening. It depends. It depends on what you're doing, right? If you're training for a marathon and you're doing your training in the morning, then absolutely either adding to or replenishing your glycogen stores in around that running time is going to make a lot of sense. If you are not somebody who works out or you're like me and, you know, I go to CrossFit every day, I don't need to add carbs because of that workout. It's literally an average of maybe like a 20 to 40 minute total workout. Yeah. So it's really not a big deal. And that's pretty much the extent of my activity for the day because my walk is just a stroll. It's not like I am, you know. It's a relaxed time. It's a yeah. focus your mind time. <clears throat> exactly. Not a, not a work up a sweat time. Right. And then do I have to go 100% keto? Well, here's what I'd love to know. What's 80% keto? Because that's 0% keto. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is so funny to me. I'm so glad people ask because this can be really confusing. Let's be clear. When we're talking about something like keto or hell, even vegan, if you're 80% vegan, you you're 0% <laughs> vegan. You know, that's just the way that it works. Right. There's um, a whole other name for it. Like if, if the part of you that's not vegan is eating fish, you're pescatarian. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but do you have to go 100% keto? You don't have, like Chris said, you don't have to do anything. If, 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 and I hate to make assumptions, but if this person is asking, do I have to be 100% keto to lose weight? The answer is, of course not. No. I mean, I've had great success when I did keto for a little bit of time. <laughs> but you've also had great success not doing keto. Yes, I've been very successful putting the weight back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even now, you've lost like 10 pounds yeah, and you're not keto. No. You're nothing near keto. So my point is, Look, you can lose weight as a vegan. You can lose weight as a pescatarian. You can lose weight as a vegetarian. You can lose weight as a uh, on a keto Carnivore. diet. I mean, you can lose weight doing golden rules of carbs and fat loss. You can lose weight doing Weight Watchers. You can lose weight during any doing any number of things. No, you do not have to be 100% keto. No. No. That's all I got. Do you yeah. have a question for me? I no, I have no questions for you because no. you'll answer them without me having to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how that works? That is how that works. All right. Well, we have a giveaway. We've got a winner of the giveaway. And hemp oil. This is kind, kind of cool. Hemp oil. I'm excited about it. I take it every night. She, and I walk she, walk it over to you and, and give it to you. And she forces me to take it every night, too. Yeah. I know. Why are you resistant? Because <laughs> you don't like the way it tastes. Well, I mean, no, it's just like. Come on, mom. <laughs> so you lay on the couch. <laughs> I walk over. I, I Open go your and mouth. I, get... I look like a baby bird being fed. It's like a, it's an oil that you like, put a dropper into your mouth. And I, I'll walk over like towards the end of the night and I'll get mine. And then I'll just walk over to Chris and bring it over to him. And yeah. And then, yeah, give him his as yeah. well. Yes, anyway. she does. Because anyway. she, she cares about me. That's right. Because I'm a little bit more focused on my daily supplementation, and you sometimes get forgetful. Sometimes. Yeah. Who's the winner? Our winner is at Cash My Big Great Dane. Cash My Big Great Dane. I like that. I want to see a picture of Cash. Yes. How big is Cash? Send a picture of Cash when you email me telling me you're the winner at What's my email address? Christopher at primalpotential.com. Yes, and you got to do that within 60 days to claim your prize. Otherwise, we'll keep it for ourselves. Correct. Because we like that kind of stuff. And it's okay with me when people don't claim their prizes. I want pictures of cash. Yeah, because we have Rumi, our big 
charcoal lab. I just like dogs. I don't want you in the picture. I just want the dog in the picture. <laughs> no, gosh. <laughs> we could get some weird pictures. And just cash my big great day. Not everybody else sending pictures of their dog. Chris. Uh, you can, though. I mean, I'm not going to be mad. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Keep the questions coming. We'd love to hear your questions. And um, everybody have an amazing day. We'll talk to you soon. Spay new to your pets. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.